Thank you, Marcos, for being the, the preacher and the bringer of the word for us today. Yeah. Blessing. Um, you can uh, open your Bibles or laptops or <laughs> iPhones or tablets, whatever you're using. It's them. Um, open the scripture in Colossians. You can follow on screen as well, really, um, if you're wanting to watch with us together as well. Colossians chapter 1. I'm looking at verse 9 to 14, and then we'll be looking at Psalms chapter 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering, you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is in my heart. I've told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those, who, those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thoughts for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Let's um, pray as we prepare our hearts for the word and the preaching. Father, we come in the name of Jesus before your throne of grace. Lord, speak to all of our hearts through the word that was being 
taught, preached, and bring uh, understanding to your purpose and your will as a church as we continue to go forward in this season, Lord. We're grateful for those that lead our congregation, the elders and those who are serving, the deacons, and we also pray for Pastor Rod and Karen in this time, Lord. And we are grateful for the uh, those advancements we've seen already, Lord, those things that have begun to change. But we also pray, Lord, Father, for those things yet to happen, knowing, Lord, that as we wait in you, we know that you are working all things together for your good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so we're been doing the story of the Paul's prison prayers. Um, we're going to look also at Paul's other prayers. Not all of his prayers in the, in the epistles are all in prison. So we are going to look at some of Paul's prayers even when he wasn't in prison. So not every letter was written in prison, but we are going to continue. But this is definitely one of them in Colossians. And something that we were just thinking about how being sometimes isolated or maybe being locked down or being in a time where we have to be still or not be able to move too far or limited in some ways are also opportunities in disguise, treasures that are hidden. Sometimes these are things that God's allowing worldwide in, in many ways to, to also speak to us as people. Like we've seen again and again, there's been a shaking and a moving in governments, in nations, uh, even churches and ministries. Everything around has literally been shaken, if, if it can be right now. But at the same time, you can see as we go forward trusting in God that he's working these things together and putting our hearts together, even in this season that we've been going through as a church, seeing how God knits our hearts together to love and care for one another through our prayers, through our social um, connections, through, through the small groups and whatever is available right now when we're able to connect. But we're, the, the gratefulness, no? I think something that you realize is that when you haven't got something, how valuable it is and how wonderful it is. Being able to be back in the building is one of those things that I look forward to. I, I, I'm expecting and hoping. And I know at the right time, the Lord will put it all into place as we begin to move into that direction. But thinking a little bit um, about this, about being patient and waiting in, in the Lord, it reminds me about a, a fishing anecdote. Um, I don't know how many of you there in, in the congregation have ever gone fishing. Um, I, I know it's quite a popular sport. I don't know if you can really call it a sport, but some people do call it a sport. Uh, I don't know, sitting down and uh, for hours. I, don't, I guess there's different types of fishing, but there, it, it definitely is an interesting uh, hobby, pastime or sport, I, I, we could also say. But there's this story about a man called Mr. Wilson who wanted to go fishing. And he told his wife, he would bring her back some fish. So he went down to the stream. Uh, it was a really good sunny day. He plunked down um, with his on, and then sat down on a rock with his fishing pole ready to, to catch fish. And he thought he was being patient. He thought, okay, I'm just going to wait it out, see how it goes. And he waited and he cast his rod several times. There was no fish in sight. Occasionally, a, a little bitty fish would hurtle by where he was sitting and he would try to catch it. He would get his net out and rush again to, to quickly get it. He tried over and over again, and once he stumbled and fell face down into the water. The day continued on, the sound was getting hot, and he was in Mr. Wilson, despite everything, had got nothing. So he was a little bit baffled by the situation. He was splashing furiously in the water, causing a bit of a scene. When some of the neighbors nearby came down, Mr. Brown and his son, Billy, and they came up the stream to the edge of the water, 
to see the sunset. Mr. Wilson didn't even notice that they'd come. He was so angry, he, he raged off, baffled by his squandered afternoon and worried about this, you know, not being able to bring a fish for his wife that he'd promised. Little Billy said, you know, what's wrong with Mr. Wilson? What's he doing? Why is he acting like that? Hungry, I assume, said Mr. Brown. He said, he should have just waited a bit. He wasn't being patient enough. The fish come up to feed when the air is cool in the evening. As he talked, they heard the sound of fish breaking the surface of the water and the dad and the child carefully netted about six or more so fish straight out of the river. Sometimes it's just a little perseverance, a little bit more patience and you, you catch what you or get what you're looking for. And something I'm looking at this text today in Colossians is about waiting patiently on the Lord. Can you imagine, I, I, I like to kind of put myself in Paul's uh, shoes and try, or sandals in this case, <laughs> thinking how he probably had to wait patiently with these letters as he's penning them down, putting his heart, his thoughts, his wisdom, inspired by the Holy Spirit. The apostle trying to give direction to his church, trying to keep them together, united, protecting them. In this case, in Colossians, they were facing uh, a lot of heresy, the supremacy or the identity of Christ was being attacked. And Paul just really wanted them to know that, you know, Christ is everything, that he is the whole fullness of God. And he's also, you know, the purpose for what we live. And in this little bit, we catch the prayer. We see that he wants to share. He wants them to catch some really key points that will help them as a church and as a congregation. Sometimes we struggle with time, don't we? We struggle with waiting. We struggle maybe with prayer. At least I could say to you, prayer is one of those challenges for me. I, I have grown up as a pastor's kid, I have grown up in church and ministry, and prayer is one of those things, it still it seems a, a mystery. I know, I know that we do it, I know that it's important, I know that it's valuable, I know that there is power in it, but it's also something mysterious sometimes, it's sometimes challenging, as we, you have to close your eyes, or whether it's you kneel down, or sit, or, or stand in prayer, or maybe with your eyes open even, trusting God to be involved in our affairs, trusting that he will somehow intervene in the situation that we're in and there's that moment of struggle isn't there there's that moment where you're thinking is he listening is he hearing is 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 he gonna do something and it is that moment of the battle of your mind isn't it where you're all the thoughts begin to rush in and out of the you know the challenges the 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 budgets the deadlines the the time the the, the, the things that need to be accomplished and then yet we're having to learn through prayer to sometimes even slow down to pause to trust and to rest. It must be challenging, even for Paul. This isn't, you know, as an apostle, as a leader, a man who is completely busy. I mean, I, I just sometimes read a, a, an overview of his life and his ministry, and I'm exhausted at the end of it thinking, you know, how much he accomplished. Without all the resources and all the um, technology that we have today, he had done so much and speaks even to, to, to our lives today. And yet God wants us to be a community of believers that pray, that come together, trusting him, speaking his word, speaking his spirit's direction into the world and into our circumstances. And it's learning to trust him, learning to wait and, and to speak and declare his will and his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. But it's so important that we do not give up. Knowing that he's begun something in us ignites that in our hearts so that we, as his church, can speak his will. I know it's one of those 
thoughts that come to my mind, not just looking at Paul in his prayer, but looking at, at Jesus in his prayer. And just a quick kind of a detour here, a quick rabbit hole, looking at Jesus's prayer in the garden and just thinking his words were, and this is God the Son. This is God the Father, God the Son, the Spirit that was upon Jesus. And Jesus, just before going to the cross in the garden, he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. You know, let this cup pass me. He was saying, I do not want to go to the cross, yet I know that I must go for it. And that just that small part, not my will, not what I want, but what you want, Lord. And even the Son of God had to learn to trust in the will of God. Even the Son of God had to know that God's will and God's way was the perfect path and direction and purpose that we needed to take. It's a tension, isn't there? There's that moment where you're, you're, like I said, the struggle, trying to understand, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? And so, as we're going to see, there is so much richness in this small prayer where Paul is giving so much insight on how they should pray, how they, as a group and a community, as of believers, should come together or even individually pray. And so, when we're praying, we're we're, we're, in, we're getting into God's story as well. We're connecting to what he wants us to do. And in lockdown, we may feel a little bit a sense of loss of significance. There may be also a, a loss of routine, a loss of, in some cases, a, a horrible feeling of, of loneliness, or, or even in some cases of feeling a, a loss of worth and value. But I want you to know none of that is true. It is not what my mind says is true or what the world says is true. But it's what God says is true. That overrides the, what is happening around me. And even if you have a family and you're surrounded, in my case, I'm with kids, it, lockdown still is challenging. There are moments where you want to break out of, the, of the, the, <laughs> the room with the kids. But knowing also that, Lord, as we pray, and even a small prayer, I remember, I think it was um, uh, the Methodist revivalist, John Wesley's mother, I think she had a, a huge amount of kids, and I'm not sure, more than 10 if I'm not wrong. And, um, and obviously in a house with a lot of kids, I think she would get an apron, her apron, and she would put it over her head and then just pray. And all the kids knew when mum's got an apron over her head, it, she's praying, don't disturb her. And that was her way of dealing with all the, the noise and surrounding her. And maybe you have to learn how to pray through the noise that is around you as well. But whatever it is, we're learning, we're coming together. And it's learning to pray and yield to God so we can discover his will and his purpose. And that's, um, that's the power of the gospel, isn't it? That we understand that Christ in human form as the son of God, yet he let go of all of these things and, and submitted himself as well in prayer to the God, the Father's will and purpose and plan. And, and prayer is one of those things that we have to learn. I, I, I still think, I still feel, I'm still learning in prayer. I'm still learning from others, learning as, as I listen, learning as I wait. And even I could remember learning from my mom's prayers. Um, I, I remember in my, I guess I could call it the rebellious years <laughs> as a Christian, uh, I think maybe 16, maybe coming to 18 around those years, just not wanting to really serve God or just kind of struggling with my faith. And I think I came back home very late. I don't know, I was probably 
I'm not going to say that, well, maybe I think it was about 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, walking into the house. Um, and I could hear in the living room my mom praying. I could hear the prayers, and she I didn't know she was doing it at that time. As as far as I know, and I've seen it, she, she still prays at that time every day. And I remember going into the living room and hearing her. And Father, touch Marcus's heart. Lord, do what you need to do in him. Lord, you've got a calling and so forth. And she would begin to declare the word and my purpose and praying for my future wife, praying for the ministry, praying for whatever God wants us. I, I felt horrible <laughs> coming in at three in the morning. I was completely not wanting to do God's will. I was struggling with my faith. And that really stuck out to me. And I was just sitting in my bed thinking, God, I need you. I, I know I've messed up and I ask you to help me out in this. And I remember those that always sticked out. I had to, I remember learning prayer from her in that way as well. We learn from others. <clears throat> we learn from those. And uh, those of you who are parents, those of you who have uh, children, do not, do not, do not give up praying for them. Do not, do not let go. It, it, it is working in them. I, I know sometimes it doesn't look like it, but it is. It is. And you just, uh, as you believe and trust what God has said, as you hear him and as you guided by his word, just begin to just speak those words over their lives in prayer. God is working in their hearts. He's putting people around them, circumstances. They're going to have those, those encounters with God. And we just, we, we have to place our trust in him in that season when it is difficult. So looking at our text in Colossians, something that stands out at the beginning is Paul says he listens to what, what, he, what is happening to them. Because of what I've heard, because of what I've heard happen to you as a community of believers, something causes me to pray. His listening led him to prayer. He wasn't just wanting the situation just to, okay, they're in trouble, there's a difficulty, or they're going through a crisis, there's a moment of panic, that the economy's messed up, or the, the, the government's going against them. Paul would listen, but also Paul would take to prayer, write his prayer, craft his prayer, put it together. And always bringing it to Christ, always bringing them back to, to knowing him. He wasn't just wanting them to have a, a, a quick solution. Lord, just get them out of the uh, out of policy. Get them out of the, 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 the difficulty. If anything, if you ever look at these apostolic prayers, if you ever look at our Lord's prayer, it's never completely to get out of the, the, the difficulty. If anything, it's to strengthen us and to guide us through those, those valleys of, of, of the shadow of death, to get us through there, to just continue looking at him as we are facing a, a, a difficulty and so he listened to them he heard what was going on with them and he wanted them to know you need to be filled with the knowledge of Jesus you need to know his will and it's as we pray where we are saying Lord I surrender my will my plans my purpose and Lord I ask for your will now I, I do want to make a distinguish i want to make a, a, a here a little bit of a difference that sometimes we think okay so the will of god is for me to be full-time minister or to get into to do more uh, in in some uh time in my church or, or in some ways doing the will of god could be giving breakfast to your kids doing the will of god is making sure your accounts are going well doing the will of god is, is making sure your testimony is good in the, in the job and the clients that God has given you. Doing the will of God is being faithful in the small things so God can place you in greater things. Doing the will of God, discovering the will of God in our everyday, 
being obedient and, and, and following the rules, washing our hands, taking, wearing a mask, keeping two meters of distance, just knowing, Lord, okay, Lord, you, you're doing something in our, in our world right now, and we want to be part of that. We want, to be, we want to know how to do your will through these challenges. Think about it. The Colossians, the same as the Philippians, the same as the Galatians, were slaves. They were market merchants. They were people of um, high class and working class and also those of, of, of complete poverty. And Paul was saying to them the same thing always, always giving them, you are, you are children of God and children of light and be and do the will of God and show that example. Be those people in, the, in where you've been called, whether it's the marketplace or whether in some cases you've been given the, uh, the, also the opportunity to serve in the church. And we know those of us who minister and preach or teach or lead worship, we understand the church works with everyone doing the, the will of God together. Everyone serving in their gifts, calling in their shapes and their, their talents together in different ways. When we see the will of God working within our elders and our deacons, when we see the will of God working in the sound, in the video, and in all of these things, we're saying, God, we want that. But it's not just we we're saying your will, but we're also saying, Lord, we want it to please you, that it bring honor to you, that it be worthy to you. And in, in this case, they were, as they were knowing the will of God, knowing who Christ is, who God is, that was renewing their mind, transforming them so that they would be able to do good works that produce good fruit, that every good work would increase in the knowledge of God. So what we do in him increases our knowledge of him, whether it is Maybe someone listening on the SoundCloud in a prison, maybe having to give their lives to Jesus in commitment, but they're being faithful in that even in a difficult place. I remember once in another church that I, I was ministering and working, um, there was a, a man who had, was in prison and he, he served his time. But because he was an, an illegal um, person as well, he'd come through for, and did some he had done some wrong things and came into the country in the wrong way. And, and he recognized he'd heard the gospel. He had heard the message. He'd heard some sermons from different preachers. And one of them was mine. And he wanted to meet these different people that he knew that were in the city of London as he was uh, now uh, free to come out. And he was grateful. He said, I remember him coming. He, he met us in the uh, office space that we had at that time. And he just said, um, I was in prison um, and I heard the gospel. I heard the good news. I, heard that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I gave my life to him. I recognize I'd done wrong. Um, they've given me some time now to, to get back. I'm getting myself ready to go. But they gave me a day to be out. And I wanted to thank you and those of, and those of you who preach for, for because I got to know who Jesus is. And uh, our prayer, obviously, for him was for him to continue growing in his knowledge. Sometimes, you know, there could be those small things. It is everyone working together. I, I didn't send the the audio of the tape, I think in that time as a CD, someone had sent it to him and been faithful. They weren't a preacher or a teacher. They weren't an evangelist, but they were just faithful in every week, just making sure that he would get a sermon or a message in a Bible. And that paid off. It gave fruit, a fruit that would bring more knowledge. And it, to us, it was, Lord, you know, when we preach, how far this message goes out, where people were. It was wonderful to see in the time of prayer how people from all across the nations were coming together, praying from God. And you can see how God has used them to bless people in Asia and Africa, in South America and North America. 
we, we just, all we do is look, we want to lift you up and you, Lord, will be glorified and people will come to you because you're the one who we're, we're exalting. Paul continues to also say to them to be strengthened in him, to find this strength in Christ, to be all power according to his might. And it, this strength to endure, to be patient. And this is, the, this is the time where we need strength. And we need strength where we are. We need strength together as a community. We need strength as we are enduring patiently. But I like how, how the apostle also adds, with joy. That, that joy also is in us. Not because the circumstances are favorable. Uh, happiness is about getting things, you know, watching a comedy, watching something that makes you laugh. But the joy of the Lord is, is in our spirit. And it's the way the Lord just bubbles up. He comes out and, and just makes us feel that joy. As we, it may be sometimes him reminding you how good he's been, reminding you of, of, of moments of joy that you've shared together with others, reminding you of things that, that just brings glory to him. And that joy becomes our strength. Paul wanted them to have strength. He wanted them as a community to be strong, but also to have that strength together, knowing that, that jo the joy of our Lord is our strength. But he talks about this patience. And this is the part of, of waiting in him, this long suffering, this patience, but it's not wasted as we hold on. It's never time given to the Lord is never wasted. Our prayers are never moments of loss or, or any, if anything, they're, they're valuable. As we, as we just remain in that place where we're saying, Lord, we're trusting you. We're, we're coming and pouring out our hearts, giving our gratitude, thanking you and worshiping you, and also listening to you. you your counsel is, is more precious than anything else. And as we see the needs that are happening each day, and things change quickly sometimes from one moment to another, just having, Lord, we've rested knowing that you're leading through this and we will get there. We will see more yet to come. Continues to add about giving thanks to the Lord, this gratitude to the father, because he is the initiator of our redemption. He is the one who has thought of rescuing us. We were lost in our sins and our transgressions. We were lost heading towards our own destruction and rebellious ways. Yet again, the prayer bringing us to this, gratitude to the father that he is our redeemer that the father also has qualified us i like that text there in colossians where it says it, it is that he qualified us it is not our own merits it's nothing of our own it is grace that he has given us and that we are we are not we are now have that boldness and that courage to stand before god and to worship him not because of what i can or cannot do and the cross puts us all on the level, on the same level, on the same step, on the same stage together. And we can come before God. It doesn't matter rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're in parliament or in prison. It doesn't matter if you're in the playground of a school or in a hospital. We can, as believers, as children of God, as his royal priests in Christ Jesus, redeemed by the blood, we can come before him. We can have that confidence and say, Father, we can have that confidence that it's through Christ that I'm qualified. It is that confidence that he is the one that's called us and accepted us, secured us and given a purpose in him. And sometimes we just need to wait patiently in the Lord, letting those truths come into us that we are able then to realize, Lord, I can thank you. I can give you glory because 
you truly have qualified. You truly are a, a great and wonderful, glorious king, father and judge, just and righteous. And you get, and, and on that, you, we share this inheritance. We get to participate. And then we don't have to earn a position in the family. It was given to us through Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're able to, to, to love one another, forgive one another, to bring our petitions before the Lord, to come before. He is a perfect and wonderful judge. And as we bring our needs and our struggles and, our, and, and the problems and the difficulties, he is righteous and good. And he will bring justice in his time and in his way. He will bring his deliverance according to his plans and purposes. He is, Jesus is our advocate who stands before the Father, who intercedes for us. And the Spirit of God is our comforter who's with us, counseling us and telling us and, and, and directing us. And this wonderful, almost like a heavenly court, the Father on the throne as a judge, there listening to the prayers of the saints, the son as this wonderful advocate, the lamb of God who died for our sins, who's redeemed us and the spirit of God, our comforter, our counselor who's in us and all of this that he's placed us in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we just have to sit, calm ourselves or rest in the Lord and know that all of this is happening before him. This wonderful, amazing dynamic is happening within the heavens right now for Rod, for the needs of our nations, for the needs that are happening in other parts of the world, for the brothers who are persecuted and sisters who are persecuted because of their faith in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. But as we bring these before him and before the son, things are happening. Things are taking place. So as we know him, as we understand, as this knowledge bubbles up inside of us, overflows from us, we begin to understand that there's a walking that is worthy unto the Lord. We bear fruit for him. We're growing in him. We are being strengthened in him. But also we learn to be grateful for him. In the Psalm chapter 40, verse 8, it says, I delight to do your will. But I also like the, the, the Passion Translation of Psalm 40, verse 16 and 17, the last two verses of that chapter. We delight ourselves in the law. And then the psalmist says, patiently waiting unto God, seeing his deliverance. And he proclaims to the congregation all that God has done and how he's lifted him up and blessed him. But in, in the in Psalm chapter 40, verse 16 and 17, in the Passion Translation, it says, but let all who passionately seek you erupt with excitement and joy over what you've done let all lovers rejoice continue in the savior saying how great and glorious is our god lord in my place of weakness and need i ask again will you come and help me i know i'm always in your thoughts you are my true savior and hero so don't delay to deliver me now for you are my god we are in god's thoughts we, he who holds all together the universe, the heavens, and the earth, we are in his thoughts. Our families are in his thoughts. Our children, our, our work, our, our labors, our, 
our, our difficulties and problems are all in the thoughts of the Lord. We can trust him. We may have to wait patiently. and We may have to sometimes be still and, and just know that he is God in this situation. But know that he's working all things together. So sometimes we, we may have to pray, Lord, help us to slow down. If, especially if you guys are one of their people who love to rush around. But we to learn that prayer can become our delight. God is not worried. God is not in a hurry. But also God also doesn't pander to our whims. We can complain and whinge and whine. And that sometimes doesn't do much, if anything. But prayer is always an act of faith as we rest and put before the Lord our day, our week, our year. In 2021, we don't know what's going to happen yet and what things are ahead of us. But we know that the Lord is, is our mighty warrior that stands before us and that he is opening paths and guiding as we listen and, and are led by him. And we are, we, our desire should be that our walk be worthy of the Lord, that we be fruitful to him, growing in him, knowing him, that it flow from our prayers, that it flow from our time together as a community, as we come together in, in these next weeks and months ahead of us, saying, Lord, you open the paths. We wait on you. We trust in you and you're doing. You have not left us, nor have you forsaken us. Let us pray. Lord, as I wait with joy in your spirit, may my walk be worthy unto you. May I bear fruit that glorifies and honors you. May I grow in Christ-likeness each day. May you give me strength and might for the things that I, I'm not able to do in my own abilities or talents, but know how to be led by you in this. As we walk in this world, may we see your power daily. And Lord, may we never lose gratitude in our hearts, but let it grow daily as we see your miracles, signs and wonders, as we see you working through us. Lord, let our waiting and our patience before you, our long suffering, be a delight before you, Lord. As we learn to slow down and surrender in you, Christ, teach us to not worry, not to rush. Teach us to know that you are working and you're doing something new amongst us as a church. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. And I had three words of knowledge as, as I was praying for today. And it's one is a pain in the right arm. And the other one was teeth. And the last one was hip and jaw. I just want to pray for that before we go to worship. And I just, Father, I pray for anyone who has pain in their right arm, any pain happening in their, in their that body, in the arm, fatigue, if there's any difficulties, maybe because they've, they've not been able to go to a dentist, but Lord, whatever muscles, tendons, nerves, whatever's affecting the gum, I just pray for that in Jesus' name. And the hip and jaw, Lord, but I don't know why those two words came together, hip and jaw. I don't know how your hip connects to your jaw, but sometimes God does things that we don't understand. But Lord, I trust that you're working in someone in, the, in, their, in their body right now. I pray for healing and for any other healing right now. If you have pain in any part of your body, just if you can, if you're able, put your hand in that, in that place of your body, if it's possible. And, and just as an act of faith, we pray together in church community. We, I ask you just to lift up your prayers towards uh, our family together here today and we just pray father you take away every pain you take away any inflammation any uh, any swelling anything that's uh, causing uh, 
pain, like electric shocks that are causing in, in their body. But Lord, we pray that you soothe and, and bring the touch of the Holy Spirit right now in the, those areas right now. I bless what you're doing, Holy Spirit, in their lives. I bless what you're doing right now in, in people's lives. And, and we also uh, bless uh, Pastor Rod as we come together. One more time, we pray, Lord, a healing across his body, muscles, bones, tendons, ligaments, nerves, and, and chewing and, and, and being able to eat as well. Lord, we just thank you for your healing touch right now where he is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.